hashtag authentic. A podcast with me, Sarah Tasker, where we will be looking at all things Instagram and beyond. How can you get more followers on Instagram without selling out? Is it still possible for an account to really grow this far into the Instagram game? Hi everyone! First up, thank you so much to everyone who listened and downloaded and subscribed and shared last time. I was pretty overwhelmed with just how lovely the response has been. So I'm back and I'm recording another episode sooner than planned for you guys to say thank you. So I'm pretty conscious that last time I talked a lot about how not to gain followers and then I didn't really give you many ideas for the right way to go about growing your account. So this week I'm going to share my top five tips. I'm planning to dive into all of these topics in way more detail in future episodes, but for this one I'm just going to give you a quick start guide so you can go away and start making these changes from today. All of these strategies apply no matter what size account you have too, so whether you have 5 followers or 500k, they will all still benefit you. And this is what I do with my account, it's what I tell everybody I work with, all of my clients to do for their accounts, and I see it work again and again and again. Now, as you're probably going to notice, none of them are rocket science. They are things that you already know how to do, and it's really just a matter of realising what matters most and why, so that you can really commit to it. Okay, you ready? Let's go. Number one, post really good content. See, not rocket science, I did tell you, but hear me out on this one. Think about the best photo you've posted recently. So a photo that you went the extra mile for, that turned out just how you wanted it to, that you shared on Instagram. Now, imagine if your whole account was full of photos just like that. For most of us, that isn't the case and that's fine. We're busy and nobody is perfect and our creativity is always going to ebb and flow. And you only have to look at my gallery, like there was this time during the summer where I don't know what I was doing and that's normal and that's fine. But if you're committed to growing, your content is the number one most important factor. Instagram is a visual platform, people are there for the photographs. I'm just going to say that again because I know for for some people it's the opposite of what they've been thinking. It is not about using the right hashtags or hacking the system or anything like that. The single biggest factor in your control in regards to how popular and beloved your Instagram account will become is the quality of the content that you share. So when you think of it that way, why post anything but the best you have? Now usually when I say this, someone will point out an account to me that posts really mediocre content and does okay. So maybe they have actually a decent sized following or they get thousands of likes per picture and so people ask me how they can do this too. Trust me when I say that this is the wrong question. You went to that person's page and what you noticed was that they were remarkably mediocre. So now, of course, we're the Google generation and we're always on the lookout for hacks and insider tips and I am definitely as guilty of that as anyone. But even if this person has found a way to play the system, what have they actually achieved? It's kind of like cheating your way into qualifying for an Olympic event without doing any of the actual training. Like, that's great and all, but you're not going to bring home the gold. If anything, you're just going to lose now on a bigger stage with more people watching. You don't want to be impressively bad for your stats. You want to be impressively brilliant and to enchant people with whatever it is you share. So, do the work. 
take the most beautiful, creative, inspiring, clever pictures that you can with whatever constraints you have on your time and on your abilities right now. You don't have to be the best photographer on Instagram. You just have to be the best photographer you can be and committed to keeping on trying. Two then is to engage more and get out of your bubble. I think kind of in the late 2000s, for those of us old enough to remember the 2000s, they did a bit of a number on us because we saw all of these bloggers reach something like celebrity status. They'd post an update and they'd receive hundreds of comments and it all looked so incredibly effortless. Which of course it wasn't, because all the pro bloggers I know work incredibly hard and deserve all of their success. But it's like that duck analogy, or is it a swan, where you're gliding across the surface and nobody realises all the legwork that's going on hidden from view. So a lot of people will come to Instagram expecting to be a swan and not having to do all of that work. And if you're Beyonce or Luke Skywalker, that's probably fine. You can just post any old crap and people are still going to notice you and people are still going to like and comment. But for the rest of us, posting and just sitting back and waiting for people to find us, however brilliant our content, is just going to be a recipe for disappointment. Instagram is wired to reward engagement. So way back before it was owned by Facebook, they had a hashtag that they would use to promote the community, which was hashtag community first. They wanted people to mix and the way they chose things like suggested users was really based on people who were active and involved, not just with their own feed, but with everybody else in the community. The more you comment, the more you like, use explore, support, promote, share, the more you invest in the community, the more the system will reward you. So that can be from really simple things like you leave a comment and so somebody returns the favour and leaves a comment back on your post to way more complicated sort of cloak and dagger things to do with the algorithm where it's monitoring how much you engage and it's rewarding you accordingly. Instagram, of course, can be kind of an echo chamber like so much of social media is, especially since algorithms have been introduced. So it's really easy to get drawn into a cycle where you only see the same people all the time. So the way the algorithm suggests things for you to like is based on things you've already liked and have liked in the past. So it's really easy to get sucked into a vortex of just peonies and flat lays and you never see anything else. So the answer is get out of your bubble. Browse your favourite hashtags, search for things, look for localities that you've been to, explore what's going on in Finland or in Mexico, or my personal favourite, the Japanese Instagram scene is amazing. There are 600 million active Instagram users every month, and you and I are probably interacting with around about the same 40 every day. When you think of it that way, it's just crazy. Getting out of your bubble is so good. It's great for diversity, it broadens your horizons, it improves your creativity, it gives you new inspiration, and yes, it's brilliant for your engagement and your following too. Plus, you might make some awesome new friends from around the world into the deal, so it's a win-win situation. So here's your challenge. Set aside 10 minutes a day and spend that time liking and commenting on accounts accounts that you don't normally see. And be genuine. Don't spam like on a thousand irrelevant pictures like those awful bots would do. But just find content outside of your usual circle. Amazing content shared by amazing people and like it and comment it as much as you can in those 10 minutes and then see what happens. Tara Swiger, who if you don't know Tara Swiger, type her into Google after you've listened to this podcast. I'll stick her links in the show notes because she's awesome. Tara says to people, it is not your future customer's job to find you. And the same thing applies here. It is not your potential followers' responsibility to track you down. If you are doing the kind of stuff that they're going to love, get out there, introduce yourself, talk to them, show them what you're doing. It's a social network, so be sociable. 
and Beyonce, if you're listening, um, this applies to you too. Because however popular an account is, and I imagine Beyonce's must be at multiple millions of followers now, imagine what would happen if that person started engaging back. If they started checking out people's profiles and leaving comments on their work. I don't follow Beyonce right now, but I'm, if she was doing that and then there was a chance that I might get noticed, maybe I would. And then maybe she and I would be new best friends. So you get what I'm saying. Three, be consistent. This applies to pretty much anything you're trying to do online, but it most definitely applies to Instagram. The accounts that grow the fastest are posting consistently good content with a consistent identity almost every day. I'm saying almost every day because I know sometimes your kid is sick or some of us like to have a day offline once a week for like a digital detox and those things are fine. But the big overall message is to aim for daily without letting your other standards drop. This matters for so many reasons relating to how people's memories work and the algorithm and just your own creative process. But most of all, it builds trust and it builds reliability. Whatever the aim of your account, whether it's to grow your blog or to start doing some sponsored work, or maybe you just want more sales in your shop, you need to build an audience who trusts you and who knows that they can rely on you to deliver. So if you want to test this theory out, just go and check one of your favourite big accounts that's a real success. How often are they posting? How often do they let their standards drop? Or how often were they posting when they managed to grow it successfully? Consistency is how people will get to know you and consistency is how you will become a part of people's daily routine. So you'll be remembered and they'll check in on you even if you don't show up in their home feed because the algorithm's not smiling on you that day. Consistency really just means being there and showing up every day. And if you want to become a part of people's daily lives and be a part of the Instagram community, then of course it makes sense that you actually need to be there. Consistency also goes for what you post and when you post it. So you've got to know your own style and your taste and really stick to that so that what someone sees from you on one day is just a smaller representation of what they can expect to see from you on any day. You don't need to be predictable and it's really good to keep your content dynamic and flexible and unpredictable but you want to be reliable and preferably reliably awesome. Four, hashtag well. Hashtags are your main tool for marketing your posts within Instagram. If you don't use them, then the only people who are going to see your posts are your existing followers, which is rubbish for growth. It's essentially like setting your account to private. Your aim is to use the hashtags that your potential followers are going to be browsing under and to use them in a way that will get you seen under that tag by as many people as possible for as long as possible. So you're looking for hashtags that have an active community behind them, things like a quiet style instead of candles. So the people who use a tag like hashtag a quiet style may have certain things in common. They tend to know that if they look under that tag, they'll find more posts that are doing similar things and that they're going to like. But if you click under candles, you are going to see the hugest mess of a range of posts from all over the place. And it's going to be much more difficult for you to find anything that you really like or respond to. So for that reason, nobody is browsing under candles and a lot of people will be browsing under a quiet style and the same people will be coming back day after day. So how I do it is I keep lists of hashtags for different topics like um, kids and food and landscapes and I will choose from these for everything I post. So you can just do this in your phone notes or there are apps that will organise them for you. It might sound like it's a lot of extra work but it's actually way easier than typing them all in manually every day. It's a really good idea to keep varying the hashtags you use, which again is where the lists come in helpful because hashtags tend to move in trends and in cycles and in seasons. So always be on the lookout for fresh hashtags and what hashtags people in your community are using. I send out a monthly email, which you can get for free if you go to my website. It's meanola.co.uk. 
just type your name into the pop-up box that comes up when you land there and you will get this email once a month. I share 15 hashtags that I've seen people using around in the community that are kind of relevant or seasonal or just interesting. And then you can add those to your hashtag lists and keep them updated and fresh. You can use up to 30 hashtags on Instagram. So I say use as many as you want, the more the better really. And some people think that there are penalties for using the full amount, but there really isn't. They want you to be able to use 30, so go ahead and do that. You can post them anywhere, so either in your caption, if you want to be able to go back and edit them later or stick them in a comment if you want them to be a bit more hidden away. It really doesn't matter, so just go with whatever you prefer and what works for you. The really crucial thing though is the timing. So you need to post your hashtags at the same time as you post your picture or at least within a couple of seconds of getting it up. The reason for that is that the way hashtags are shown in the grid is chronologically, meaning that if you type a hashtag in and go and take a look at its page, the first nine or so are usually the top hashtags grid. So you scroll straight past that and then they're shown in order of freshness or recency. When you stick a hashtag onto one of your photos, if it's really newly posted, you're going to be at the very top of that chronological grid. The longer it takes you to put the hashtag on, the further down you will appear when you first appear in that grid and therefore the less chance you have of being seen. So you want to tag your post while it's still really fresh to maximise your exposure at the top of that page. For smaller hashtags, you can then sit there for a day or two or even a week. But for the really big ones, you've got a window of just a few minutes or even just a few seconds. So every second counts. For this reason, I always include a mixture of different size hashtags when I send out my email. So there's some really big ones and then some sort of middle size and some small new ones. Because that way you get to hedge your bets and you can keep your post visible for a different range of time across a different range of audiences. The more activity your picture sees, the more likely you are to appear in the top post section of a hashtag grid. And then if you get there, you can gain a ton of extra traction, extra views, extra likes, extra comments, because you're going to be staying visible for a much longer length of time. And then before we finish with hashtags, just to mention point number two again, engage. Don't just use hashtags as a marketing tool. If you're using it, then give back and go and explore them as well as a discovery tool for yourself. The more active you are in a hashtag community, the more people will get to know you and then they'll respond more to your posts. Plus, you're getting to know your audience, you're getting to know what people are doing, what they're talking about, what kind of language they're using, which is all really great information for you to be creating posts that resonate with people. Number five then is to think about your gallery view. So by gallery view, I'm talking about how your page looks when someone lands on it and sees all of your posts together in the grid how well they flow together and what the key messages are, etc. In my Instagram course, which by the way is called the Insta Retreat and will be going on sale again later this month, in my course we spend a whole week dedicated to thinking about the gallery view. It's something I kind of have mixed feelings about because it absolutely does end up pulling you away from that instantness of Instagram. In order to build up a really beautiful gallery, you invariably end up having to save some posts for a different day or posting something you might otherwise not have done. So it makes it all a lot more contrived, but it really works. If you sometimes find that some of your posts do really well, but you're not picking up followers on the whole, this is usually why. So this goes back to point three, consistency, and to point one about great content. If people really like one photo of yours, they're quite likely to click over and take a look at your whole gallery to see what else they like. And if your gallery is chock full of posts of that same tone and quality, then it's really a no-brainer for them to just follow you. If it's half full of stuff they love and half made up of bar selfies or whatever, it's less of an easy choice. 
So do they want to see that stuff in their home feed every morning when they're having their coffee? And even if all of your content is perfect and A-game, how it sits side by side can still have a surprising amount of impact. Because are they all edited the same or do the colours clash or is similar content clumped together? It's that first impression and people will decide in a split second whether or not they want to follow you just based on how that gallery appears. So like an art gallery deliberately curates and considers how people are going to navigate the space and how pieces are going to work besides one another, it pays for you to curate and to consider your Instagram gallery for maximum impact and stickability. One of the people I was mentoring described it to me recently as just another way to be creative and that made me feel a lot more comfortable with this whole idea actually because like it or not this is the way Instagram is now and at least on people's main galleries everybody is playing the game, everybody's thinking about how their posts are going to look in this kind of gallery perspective. And actually I do, I enjoy it, I enjoy the challenge of trying to work my gallery together like it's a big Instagram jigsaw puzzle and I actually find it helps give me focus because I'll start hunting out certain colours or shots to go with whatever my theme for the week has ended up being. And I know I, I create best when I'm working with some sort of constraint so it's just another facet of the creative process for me and part of the fun of Instagram really. If you scroll through my gallery, I think it's pretty easy for you to spot the times when I was nailing it and the times when it had all gone to crap. But I know that the things that help me to make it work are planning ahead, having enough pictures in my camera roll to play around and be able to slot things in, and those pictures to have a lot of negative space, to have some consistent colours going on, and to try and weave in any changes in colour over the course of a week or so. Your rules might be different, everybody's are, but going back and looking at what's worked and what's not worked can help give you some clues as to what you need to maybe do a bit more of. If you want to improve your gallery consistency, the best way is to plan ahead. You can download dedicated apps, I will stick some links to some of my favourite ones in the show notes, and then you can drop all of your upcoming photos in there, drag and drop them and move them around until you find an order that works. It's also a bonus if, like me, The only time that you get a chance to post is first thing in the morning because it means you don't have to suddenly start thinking about it all at 6am. You can even draft your captions and your hashtags the night before if you want to. If that's all too complicated for you or you don't want to have to pay for an app, you could also just set up a private Instagram account and try things out there first before you move them over to your main one. Okay, so that is it. Those are five ways for you to start growing your following right now wherever you're at. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can head to my site and grab my free seven-day guide to a better Instagram, which looks at some of these things and some different things in a lot more detail. Just go to meandorla.co.uk and click on Instagram help at the top. You'll also find links to my hashtag emails there and my e-course, as well as a heap of free Instagram tips and tricks that I've shared. If you've got any questions, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at me and Orla on there or on Instagram and use the hashtag, hashtag authentic. So that's the word hashtag as well as the symbol. Guess who didn't think about explaining that one verbally when she named her podcast. Thank you again so much for listening and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.